Welcome to Real Personal Finance. I'm your host, Scott Frank, CFP, CFA charter holder, and founder of Stone Steps Financial. And I'm your host, James Canole, CFP, MBA, and owner of Root Financial Partners. The premise of our show is simple. Money can be confusing, but it doesn't have to be. Our goal is to answer real personal financial questions that we hear from our clients and our listeners. Each episode, we answer one personal financial question in a clear and understandable way. Because money is a tool. And when you understand the language of money, you can make better decisions to improve your financial life. Hi, James. Hey, Scott. Welcome back. Thank you. What? I think we have another question this week. Yeah, I, th- I, I kind of like this. We're kind of on a roll of just questions come in and we can respond to questions. And I think that's the most you know, applicable way. Yeah practical way of going through this no it's great it's great so, to help thank you for all your questions it's helping people by answering your questions we're helping other people with their questions so thank you for sending them in yes we Keep have a question coming. today from clive okay you want to read this time yeah uh so clive writes in my kid is four and i want to establish good long credit history for him is opening a credit card under him uh, under my name, a good idea. What's the risk associated with it? Uh, good question. Because it's really tying into, let's make sure your son establishes, or your kid. I didn't see if it was a son. I made the assumption because I have two sons. Uh, helping your, helping your, your child establish good credit. So let's walk through that. I, I just have a hilarious mental image of like a four-year-old walking through Nordstrom with her credit card <laughs> at the half-yearly sale. Uh, yeah, of course. Why not? What could go wrong? Yeah. <laughs> I, I think of uh, like uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air with like the, the dollars like flowing out of the back pocket. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm with you. Yes. Okay. So, so the real question is, what can I do now to prepare my child for financial success long term? Is it credit? Yeah, credit, Maybe. credit we'll go will through be, that. could be a part of it. So we can talk about that, but let's we can take this bigger picture too. Yeah, we'll take a bigger picture and share our personal thoughts as well. So- I, I think a good place to start is just understanding how, you know, everyone wants to make sure that they have good credit at some point. Um, it might be worthwhile just to go through how is credit broken down? What actually contributes to new credit? Meaning how much would it actually even help? Hypothetically, if a if a kid had a credit card or something yeah. since the age of four yeah. um, and what are the other factors? And then we'll go into what what would we recommend as you try to teach your child good financial habits. Yeah. So, so first things first, why don't we just talk about um, people obviously, obviously sometimes you'll hear what's my credit score. Credit score refers to FICO is the company that runs credit scores for the most part. Um, so what's your score, which can go up to like 850 points, I think it's kind of the max. Um, what is the biggest determining factor of a credit score? Payment history. Yeah. So that kind of, kind of might be the question we're asking here, right? Yeah. So, you know, if your kid's going to Nordstrom and swiping their card at age four, are they paying it back? As long as you're paying it back. As long back, as paying it back. You're going to Got to get a job to go. do that. But yeah, I think it, the, the FICO score, what it is, is lenders, when they look at you, because they're going to give you a mortgage or a car loan or a credit card or some type of financing, they want to know, are you going to pay this money back? Mm-hmm. And they don't know, but they can see what your past payment history has been. And that's then going to give them some indication of, is this person probably going to pay me back or not? So a full th- 35% of your score, so over a third of your score, just comes down to payment history. Yeah. Which means even if you've had a credit card for 100 years, but you've not made 
good payments on it. Yeah, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. Yeah. Like that, the, the, the time alone isn't just going to do that. So mm-hmm. the biggest thing is, are you paying back what you've borrowed? Yeah. yeah. After that. Yeah. So uh, from there, you're going to go to the amount owed. Um, so the way, the way to think about this is um, if you have a $10,000 balance, um, the more you carry on your credit card from month to month or on your debts from month to month, um, the the more that's going to hurt you. So you kind of think of payment history and amount owed together like um, like when you're in college and, and someone has a bottle of vodka at the party, like everyone wants to know like how you're going to handle yourself. Mm-hmm. Are you going to, are you going to go pour through this whole thing and destroy yourself and get yourself in trouble? Or are you going to be, uh, you know, take care of yourself? Yeah. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. It's like, uh, the banks care. They go like, well, when we give you your, your, you know, your credit card, do you actually pay it off on time? Do you make the payments that you're supposed to make at least the minimums? Ideally, you're just paying off the full balance again and again, because that translates to the amount owed. You're not carrying balances. One of the things that sometimes people I think miss is you don't actually have to carry balances month to month to have great credit. Yes. It's actually quite nice to use it to pay for things like uh, utility bills or your cell phone or or like maybe your Apple Pay or, or you know your mm-hmm. Apple Plus subscription or whatever, what have you, and then pay it off at the end of the month. Every month, you don't actually pay interest on that money. You're just borrowing for 30 days and paying it off, but- it shows that you're very trustworthy with that card. Yeah, there's a, there's a, a a myth. You know, what do you want to call? It? There's this sense that to have the best credit history, you have to keep large balances on your credit cards or your debts. And I don't know where that started, but I I see it quite a bit of people thinking, oh, I don't want to pay down my debts, I'll lose my, I'll, it'll hurt my credit score. No, it won't. No. If anything, it's going to help it. Um, on this amounts owed, this this makes up thirty percent of your credit history. The banks look at something or the credit uh, bureaus look at something called credit utilization. Yeah. Of They want to make sure that of the total credit that you have. So for example, if I have a credit card that has a limit that's $10,000, they want to see credit utilization of three of 30% or lower ideally. Yeah. So if I have a balance of under $3,000, they're saying, okay, James, James is, presents less risk. Yes. If he gets in a pinch, he still has some credit that he could potentially use before being tapped out. If you're carrying a high balance, maybe you're making all your payments on time, but if you're just making the minimum payments and you're up to the full $10,000 balance and, and keeping it there, that's actually hurting your credit score because yeah. you are utilizing all the available credit to you where you would probably be better off for a variety of reasons paying that down, only one of which is you're improving your credit score. Yeah. Okay. So the next component is the one that our cl- uh, the uh, listener listener was asking about. Sorry, I'm used to saying client even though we do podcasts all the time. Uh, Okay, so length of credit history is only worth 15% of your credit score. Yeah. Doesn't really do a whole lot for you. And I don't even think it necessarily needs to be that long to get most of it. Like obviously if you have something for 20 years instead of a couple years, it's bigger, but it's not like you have to hit 10 years of history to start scoring some good points in that category. Yeah, the, the the punchline here is rather than doing it when when your child's four, um, they could easily establish a card when they are at age of majority and whatever, wherever you are. So 18 typically is a good time to get an initial card. And, you know, they can use it to help pay for one of those ongoing expenses that they need to pay every single month and just go pay off that balance every single month. 
Mm-hmm. Um, we can talk more about other things you could be doing to teach them how to be um, mindful with their money so they don't get themselves in trouble with the credit card as right. well. Right. Yeah. And, and real quick, the last two factors that go into your credit score is credit mix. So do you have a mix of credit cards, other types of financing, car loans, whatever it might be, and, and new credit? Um, you know, how often are you opening new loans? That that all goes into your credit score. W- one of the things that people get too hung up on, I will say, is credit score. Mm-hmm. You could have the best credit score in the world and it's not going to make you rich. Yes. You can't retire on a good credit score. Yes. You can't uh, send your kid to college on a good credit score. Right. I mean, you could borrow the money, but it's, it is... In my mind, maybe one of the most, I don't want to say overrated things because yes, it matters when you're going to get a mortgage and you want the lowest rate and all that stuff. But people give it a disproportionate level of attention that I think it deserves. Sometimes. Yeah, I think what you're getting at is the level of Im- people put more emphasis on this than they should on other things in life because the impact is not the highest. We want to see clients and, and listeners have the highest credit scores. So that when it's time to go get a mortgage or go get an auto loan or go get a loan, if you need one for any reason, we can, we've talked good debt versus bad debt. We could talk about it again in the future. You want to get the best rates possible. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to pay more than you need to. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's so many other things we can be doing and teaching our kids um, to be good stewards of their own finances so that by the time they have a credit card, they can be responsible with them. Yeah, I I fully agree. I think... You know, you, you use the example of give a high school student or a college student a bottle of vodka. Are Never they going to use it responsibly? Vodka? <laughs> Hypothetically, if they came across it, Jeez, are they going to make good decisions or bad up? decisions? <laughs> <laughs> the same thing could be said with kids, you know, like a, a credit card could be used as a tool, but it could also be abused. And how oh, many absolutely. people fall behind and dig themselves huge holes they have to get out of because they they don't learn the basic principles of finance before right. getting a credit card. Right. So that being said, um, I think both of our answers would be no. Don't get a, a, a four-year-old a credit card. Absolutely. Really not that important. Yes. If you want good credit, they, they've got plenty of years until you can start with that to Agreed. be fine there. What would you teach your kids about finance or what guidance would you give someone looking to teach their children good basic financial principles? Yeah. I, I think it's more important to teach good money habits now, right? Which is Um, and there's different ways you can go about doing that, um, teaching them how to, you know, I hate the word budgeting. You know, we had the the whole episode budgeting sucks do this instead. Um, but the idea of, Hey, you get money as a resource and it's a resource for you to use in your life. And it's a resource that you can use to help make your life easier in your future. You can use it for things now, and you can also use it to help other people. Mm -hmm. So a simple idea is you can establish, um, maybe you have an allowance or something like that with your kids on a on a weekly basis or a monthly basis. You could do like give, grow, spend and teach them that, hey, and hopefully you want to be teaching them things that you do in your own life, mm-hmm. right? So, right. so because it's far easier to, to teach someone and do it than it is to tell them what to do, but then you don't do it. Um, very hard to follow through on that. But, you know, if uh, many f- people do give, grow, spend, so it's maybe we give 10% of our money to charities that matter to us, or we put them in the offering plate at church or or what have you. Um, We get to spend 70% of our money and we get to grow 20% of our money. Mm -hmm. All right. That's one way to look at it. Um, There's actually a really cool app called, or it's an app, I think it's a debit cards as well called FamZoo. Um, And what at FamZoo, you can actually create um, debit cards for the kids. So probably better for kids to be a little bit older with this. 
Um, but you can actually give your own, put your own rates of return into the accounts. So you can teach them like the power of compounding and saving, um, but you can give them inflated rates of return, right? Because saving on $10 in a stock market is not going to do much. Mm-hmm. But you could give you give a 100% rate of return on $10 over the course of a year if you really wanted to. Yeah. Like it's totally up to you. Like design it so that you can teach the kids um, how to do things. How would you treat that? Well, I think the same way. I think the the habits that children are learning are far more important than credit history. And one, one of the things that is hard about having a credit card to me is it's kind of hard to, to know what you're spending because I'm spending money this month that I don't have to pay off until next month. And this month I'm trying to figure out how do I pay for things I spent last month? And there's charges that are pending and there's things, it's just, mm. you don't really get a clear sense of what you're spending. So it's yeah. hard to have that habit of, unless you're really tracking to the penny, everything that that's being spent. Yeah. You sometimes don't really have that clarity of where's money actually going. So I, I, I love the concept that you talked about of the give, spend, grow of how can we develop the habit of giving a piece of saving a piece of spending a piece. Um, and then letting that develop into great financial habits that carry over into our teens and early 20s and young adulthood and, and beyond. Mm-hmm. If you did that and never had a credit card, you'd be way better off than someone who had the best credit history in the world, but didn't know how to manage money or didn't know how to save or invest or anything like that. Um, we talked about this on the budgeting episode. Like I, I sometimes recommend against credit cards for some mm-hmm. things. Like I don't, I don't really use credit cards hardly at all yep. because it for that purpose. Like it's, it is hard to know where money is going. Yep. Uh, I still have a fine credit score because I use it incidentally on a few things throughout the year. And you don't need to use it a ton in order to get a credit history that could get you the best rates on whatever you need. Yep. So, yes, does a credit score matter? Yes, but it's almost like if that's what you're focusing on before focusing on habits and saving and giving and budgeting and whatever it is, it's, it's missing the core point is I think what we're both saying. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. And I, you know, we, we did, we kind of, we did speak to it a bit more and you're kind of pointing to it as well. The idea of using credit cards or using cash or using a debit card, using an account, there's something to be said for like teaching a kid. Um, and I'm, granted, I have younger kids. My oldest is nine now. So he's to the age where we're starting to talk more about money, but I'm not in the thick of these conversations yet. So I, I have learning and growing to do here too. But just looking at how it, we see adults use cash all the time. My thought is like, hey, if, if I could show um, Lucas, hey, Lucas, we as a family spend X every month, every week. And once we're out of it, we're out of it. Well, if I can, if we can do that and live by that and we can teach him to do the same thing with his own money, then that's teaching him a really valuable lesson, right? Mm-hmm. That's teaching that you don't go use the credit card because you don't have the money that week. Mm-hmm. You've set up your life in a mindful way and you either do it or you don't, mm-hmm. right? Like that, I think that would be kind of ideal. Yeah, I look at it as, as when you're trying to create a good habit, you want to eliminate any friction. Like if, I, if, if why do we tell people to automate their savings? Yeah. Well, because if every month income comes in and I have to make the conscious decision to put money into my Roth IRA or 401k or wherever, there's a lot of friction there. Totally. And that friction can prevent me from doing a good thing. Yeah. So by automating it, you just remove the friction. Yeah. Well, this is the opposite. With a credit card, you're removing the friction. Like it just makes it too easy to spend sometimes. Totally. So as a child, if you're teaching them, here's the money you have for saving and giving and spending. There is, there is friction when you spend because you're having to part ways with your money and you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're kind of seeing yourself part with it. And so it's how do we create friction in the things that we want to impose 
or have self-imposed constraints on? Mm -hmm. And how do we remove that friction on things that we do want to be nurturing and building and growing over time? Agreed. Uh, There's actually the book Atomic Habits speaks to that exact idea of habits that you want to have. You want to make frictionless and easy. Yep. And ones that you want to make difficult, make very, very hard make for difficult. yourself. Yes. Take the batteries out of your remote control and put them in a drawer so you don't watch TV at night if that's not what you want to do. And it's the same thing here. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Um, so I think the direct answer, don't yeah. give a four-year-old a credit card, probably there's it, but well, but do think, something with the credit. I don't something think Clive was going to give him the credit card anyway. I think, I think Clive was, was, was going to say, go on a spending spree and come back with whatever start, you want. Man. Yeah, <laughs> he was going to take him to Disneyland and let him go nuts. Agreed. Um, just trying to get that head start, but the head start really isn't necessary from that standpoint. What is, is going to be teaching money habits in the future? Yes. Yeah. Agreed. Very good. Well, thank you for your question. Always love them. Uh, if you are enjoying this, leave a review. We love getting reviews. Uh, we're getting, getting a lot of great feedback. Thank you to everyone who send us, sends us email or sends us questions. It means a lot. We love doing this and we love hearing from you. So yeah. thank you all. And we'll see you all next time. See you next week. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Real Personal Finance Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe and let us know by leaving a five-star review. And if you have a question that you'd like for us to answer, then head over to the Real Personal Finance website at realpersonalfinance.co. There's a section on the bottom of each page there where you can submit your question for us to answer in a future episode. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only and should not be relied upon for a basis for investment decision. This podcast is not engaged in rendering legal, financial, or other professional services.